Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code stuff and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the super weird podcast. <laughs> this is a weird podcast. Not necessarily for you guys, but it is for Chuck and I. Yes. I'm Josh Clark. That's Chuck Bryant. Let's get back to why this is a weird podcast. Yes. To explain, uh, our studio is being renovated. Drum roll, which is awesome. It's going to be super fancy, like a real studio. But right now, we are actually recording in some odd office that has windows yeah. This is really weird. This is the first time we've recorded a show outside the, the regular studio. And um, it might sound a little different. Jerry has explained that there's something called room tone, and it's different from room to room. Jerry just made that up, Chuck. Did she? Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. Plus, it looks like the walls are closing in on us. Yeah, we're actually a lot closer than we're we little, usually yeah, are. We're a little cramped. <laughs> this is just odd. So if, if we seem a little angrier than usual, it's because of the stupid room. Right. So uh, I think we're going to call this, what did we determine? I voted for the reconstruction tapes or the reconstruction era. And I made the joke saying that we should call it the eponymous era because that was a much better album. But that was just a greatest hits collection by R.E.M. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Oh, well, it was, that's why it was so good. <laughs> all right. So do you, what's your witty intro? Or is this all just out the door? No, it's way out the door, buddy. <laughs> okay. You see it? Yes. Leaving? Mm-hmm. Chuck. Josh. Have you ever met a Viking? Uh, no. I haven't. Well, you know the football team, right? Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. You can tell their helmet a mile away because they have those horns on the side. Yeah. Which are very Viking-esque, right? True. No. Not true. That is a myth. Yes, it is. Uh, It turns out a bunch of archaeologists were um, digging around uh, the north, the Nordic area, Mm -hmm. Scandinavia. Yes. Which includes what? Sweden, uh, Denmark, Finland, the Netherlands, and yeah, I think Finland. Norway? Did you say Norway? Sure, Norway too. Okay. How can you forget the Norwegians? Yes. Um, and uh, they found an ancient helmet with some horns on it. And this was before we had um, reliable carbon dating technology. And they said, well, it's a Viking. But it turns out that it was probably uh, from the pre Viking era. Right. right? 
like Vikings an opera maybe shoot, well that's when it was popularized in the, right. in the 18th and 19th centuries right. you know the the enormous woman would come out with her bosom yes very prominent sure. and uh you know uh, a helmet with with horns or wings and uh-huh. it turns out they wouldn't have worn this because these guys were dedicated to battling as efficiently and as brutally as any group that's ever sprung up on the global map. Yes, they were very good at what they do. And uh, I just want to point out, this is a listener request, a very recent one, actually, that piqued our interest. And this is from David D. from Waterloo. He said, can you do something on Vikings since you've covered Ninja and um, what else did we cover? Pirates. And he said, uh, I hear Vikings used to have warriors called berserkers who would eat magic mushrooms before sending them into battle. And uh, we're going to talk about that. So stay tuned. That's a teaser. So, Chuck, there there does seem to be a lot of um, misconception around Vikings, but one of the things I took from this article by the Grabster, Ed Grabinowski. He writes good stuff. He does. Um, was that there's also a lot of accuracy in uh, the history associated with, with Vikings. Yeah. Like, they were extremely brutal. Mm-hmm. They would indiscriminately kill men, women, children. Yeah. Um, so let's let's peel this apart. Let's separate fact from fiction, as it were. Okay. Right? Yes. When were they around? Uh, Josh, the Vikings were prominent in uh, Europe in the 9th through the 11th centuries, commonly known as the Age of the Viking. Right. And um, you tend to think of Vikings as Nordic. They yeah. were. Sure. They were from Scandinavia, which are the countries we listed off earlier. But this, these weren't communities of Vikings. Vikings were... Like a job. Yeah, it was a profession. Basically, a uh, you were a professional conqueror. Yeah, because Scandinavians are also farmers and um, did many other things, weavers, and uh, they they weren't just Vikings. It's not interchangeable. Viking and Scandinavians not interchangeable. Weaving's never really been a lucrative <laughs> job, you know. No, it's not. N- not even back then. But yeah, so there was a group that that were dedicated to moving out of the Northland downward into Europe. Yeah, because Scandinavia well, it wasn't a very hospitable place. I imagine it still isn't. You know, lots of ice, lots of winter, snow. D- not that much land, and, and the land that is available isn't all arable. Yeah. So, so they, they went out and got things. Yeah, they went and took it, you know, like Broadwater. <laughs> uh, there was also evidence that um, population pressure led to Viking plundering. Yeah, because they started to grow, and then obviously as they grew, they needed more things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this is before they started spreading out, because eventually they would do that. But at first, they would just go plunder and then return home to Viking land, right? In Scandinavia, right? You said that they were around from the ninth to the eleventh centuries, yeah. right? So there were Scandinavian uh, cultures mm-hmm. before the ninth century. Oh yeah, there were Scandinavian cultures after the ninth century. So sure. for two hundred years, basically, um, this population explosion forced this group out. To go get more resources, to more conquer, to conquer more land, and then the end point at the 11th century actually generally represents the adoption of Christianity, yeah, and which, then all which the, the Vikings over. did readily. Yeah. yeah, once you once you convert, yeah. it's like you can't <laughs> plunder any longer. No, at least not you know only plundering in the name of God. And Vikings were uh, were pagans pre pre Christianity, right? The, and which also means that they worshipped a pantheon of gods. Their um, 
their religion was actually highly personalized. There was no central church in any of the Scandinavian cultures. Right. Yeah. And their their religion was actually um, highly personal. Right. Uh, it evolved uh, in relative isolation without a central church in any of these Scandinavian cultures. Yeah. Um, but there was a uh, a pantheon of gods that uh, were were recognizable across these cultures generally. Sure. Right. Two groups. Should we talk about them real quick? Yeah. Uh, the Asir and the Vanir were the two groups of gods. Right. And the Asir were very warlike. That's right. Odin and Thor. Oh, yeah. And then the Asir were kind of like hippies, like fertility goddesses and gods. Sure. Uh, they lived, the gods lived in Asgard, and it was a kingdom connected to mortal earth by a rainbow bridge, which I didn't know. Which is, you think, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Scandinavian pre-Christian pagan religion is pretty sweet. They've got hippies. Right. They have rainbow bridges, right? They had evil giants and yeah. dark elves. Yeah, here's where it gets dark. dwarves. And apparently the gods were destined to fight against these giants and evil forces in a battle known as Ragnarok. Right, and they were also predicted to lose, which yes. would plunge uh, mortal earth and uh, Asgard mm-hmm. into uh, chaos, darkness, disorder. Right. Which, I mean, think about that, Chuck. All of our religions today are pretty hopeful like, even if there is an end of the world, if you adhere to that religion, you're going to be saved. You yeah. won't be around for, like, the, the torment, right? Right. This this religion, as loose as it was, predicted, like, no, our gods are going to lose, yeah. and <laughs> we're all going to be in really big trouble, right? Right. But if you were uh, a noble, awesome warrior, and you died in battle, you would go to Valhalla, which right. was warrior heaven, and you would be transported there uh, by the Valkyrie. Which were little warrior angels. Mm-hmm. At the command of Robert Duvall. <laughs> right. And uh, what happened was, in heaven, you would fight alongside Odin and feast and die in battle mm-hmm. every day. Right. And you would get up alive the next day and do it all over again. Right. That Which, was their idea of heaven. It was. It was. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So the um, that, that battle part is really significant because um, in Scandinavia, in many of the Scandinavian cultures, a young man proved himself by going a Viking. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to get a T-shirt made that says "I Viking." Right, and just and see how many people know what that means. That's like the verb of what Vikings did: leaving your homeland, mm-hmm. going down, butchering, raping, pillaging, setting churches on fire. Churches were actually a big target of theirs. Oh yeah, because the churches are where most of the gold was stored, livestock, spices, jewels, whatever. Sure. Um, so they would target churches and and kill everybody. Right. Uh, or else they would take them as thralls, slaves. Right. Which I looked up the etymology of enthralled, and that's where it comes from. So when you're telling somebody you're enthralled by them, you're saying that you're enslaved by their, by how interesting they are. Interesting. And you know that actually. <laughs> are you enthralled? I am enthralled. Okay. The uh, the church thing is kind of key too, because that's how the that's like the only written history about the Vikings, where it was was written by the hand of the church that was plundered. So that's one reason, because the Vikings only told uh, oral oral stories, folklore. Right, I guess. by scrawls? Scrawls, which told sagas. Right. That's where all these words come from. And uh, But the, the church was the ones who actually wrote down stuff. So that's why a lot of the written history of the Vikings is so brutal, because they were the people that were just, you know, had someone went I Viking on them. Right, Chuck. And they also attribute the word Viking to um, Europeans who were conquered. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different uh, uh, theories there on the word. There are. Most of them do um, 
either the Norse adopted a word right that was that they were called by the Europeans right like um uh, an old English word Vic yep. W I C means port like uh-huh. port of trade um which is where the Vikings like to attack sure another theory is that it came from the Norse word Vic right <laughs> big difference right. but this one's V I K meaning bay or body of water right or there's another word that sounds similar uh, that means to turn away or to leave on a journey, which is, as we said, what going I Viking began right. with. Um, and then there's the the last one, which makes a lot of sense. It's called um, it's an old Norse word called Vikinger, which means pirate. That's that's my guess. Right, but they think that they picked that up from the Europeans they conquered. Oh, uh, okay, sure. So either way, these people were written about by Europeans. They were named by Europeans. They were just going to get some food and gold, sheep. Yeah, cattle. Thralls. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. How'd they do this, though? Should we talk about that? Yeah. I-Viking? Yeah. They were uh, famous for being uh, experienced uh, seamen. They were built awesome boats and built boats that traveled really fast through the water. So when the when the Christian, uh, you know, let's say a monastery would see the Viking ships approaching. And dragon ships. Yeah, dragon boats. They didn't have much time because they would get there really, really fast because they were very experienced fishermen. And uh, I guess since we're on the boats, we, we should talk about that for a sec. Yeah, they had pretty particular boats. As, um, you know, I think anybody could pick one out. They had a double-sided hull, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Because you can go forward or backward you know, without having to, to turn is, around. Sure, you just pick up your butt and turn around and start rowing the other way. Right, or just switch the sail around. Yeah, well, true. Um, they had a keel. They had riveted wood construction. Yeah. Um, and then they had a single mast, and this mast could be as much as, um, or the the uh, sail that that uh, was attached to the mast could be like 330 square feet of double-sided wool. Yeah. All hand-sewn, usually painted red mm-hmm. to symbolize the blood that was about to be spilled by the people <laughs> who saw it approaching. Right. Um, and then you see uh, pictures of Viking ships with like the little circles along the side. Yeah, yeah. That's actually accurate. Um, most Viking ships had mounts where somebody could put their shield up as extra protection right. to, to protect the guys who were rowing. Of course. makes good sense. Uh, it took about a 70-foot Viking longship. Josh uh, would have required about 11 trees to make it, uh, about three feet in diameter each, and then one really tall tree to make the keel. So mm. I guess it was all one piece. Yeah. And these things could haul butt through the water, apparently, because they were real narrow. Right. And they used uh, wind power and manpower. Right. right? Viking manpower was that was something. So uh, what happened when you saw a dragon boat, Chuck? You saw a dragon boat, it docks, and all of a sudden this horde of Vikings just comes streaming off at you. You poop your pants. <laughs> right. That's the first thing you do. I would have rolled around the ground crying like a baby and offering up my cattle to be spared. But you might not be spared. They generally would not leave much. Uh, anything wooden was burned. They would just burn the town to the ground, uh, kill people, take women if they wanted or kill them, uh, take children if they wanted or kill them, take the cattle. Probably wouldn't kill the cattle. No, they wanted the cattle. They were more useful than humans generally. Yeah. Um, and you would also see these guys coming at you with the axe, which, as everybody knows, is my weapon of choice for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right. You would go eye-viking on zombies. Sure. And Josh, as far as their battle gear, like you said, the uh, the sword was huge. Right. It the would, axe was huge. The swords were about as long as the uh, as a man's arm. Right. They also had uh, bows and lances and javelins. Right. Uh, and they wore, like you would think, they wore big, 
heavy iron helmets with the little nose piece that came down. Uh, a lot of times they wore iron on their breastplate unless they had some dough and they could afford chain mail. But this kind of indicates how strong these dudes were. Do you know what like an iron Viking helmet would weigh? A lot. A lot. And actually Vikings, uh, well not Vikings, but Scandinavians, I should say, uh, Scandinavian cultures were really, really uh, adept at doing whatever they wanted to with iron because they've been pulling it from bogs um, very easily without any need for mining for many, many centuries. So they were um, kind of ahead of the curve as far as uh, the Iron Age goes. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And Chuck, when these guys died, let's say you were a Viking that had had some successful raids, right. garnered some power, sure. some money. The uh, uh, the concept of a Viking funeral, you know, being put on a on a ship and set a, fi- a fire, yeah, and pushed out to sea. That's actually accurate. Yeah, that's one way they did it. Uh, they also, yeah, the other way would be that they entombed you in uh, an earthen barrow, which is like a mound. It was called mounding, right? <laughs> The thing is, if you were a thrall, let's say you had been captured in battle and taken back to Scandinavia, and you were a servant to this uh, guy, especially a particularly useful servant, Uh you would probably be murdered and entombed in the thrall or in the uh, barrow. Yeah, the deal there was they believed in a life after death, um, whether it was like an eternal life, they don't really know, or just like a temporary life until you get to your old life. But they definitely believed that you... Did not just die, so that's why they would send you along with maybe your favorite slave or your possessions. Your they cat. Would, your cat. They would bury you with uh, your clothes on and maybe with your your axe, and they would send you along with these things that they think you would need in the following life to go eye viking. Right. Uh, you know, there was another uh, a stratified class almost um, in Viking warrior culture, um, and there was this little subgroup. That the guy who called for this podcast mentioned berserkers. Yes. So these guys, right? Yeah. You want to talk about berserkers? <laughs> yeah. You, if you've seen the movie Clerks, did you see Clerks? Yeah. Remember, <laughs> uh, Silent Bob's cousin Olaf from uh, Russia. He sang a metal. He was in a Russian metal band. He had a song called Berserker. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. That one. was the first time I'd heard Berserker, and we we can't say the lyrics because they're really filthy. Are they? But it was funny. Okay. Well, what he was talking about were uh, this this group of warriors uh, that were they they think that they grew out of a bear cult, like these people worship bears. They were nuts. They during battle, especially, they would go nuts. They would. Um, it, it was told in the sagas that they would take on. They would either become a bear or shape a shift. wolf or something like that. They would shapeshift, mm-hmm. or else they would take on the qualities of a bear. Like they would go into battle naked or shirtless, or at the very least, armorless. Yeah. They would cut five people's heads off at once with one swing of an axe. They couldn't feel pain, supposedly. They would scream a lot. Their eyes were kind of glazed over. Right. Part of the problem was is they would get into such a um, war frenzy, a battle frenzy, mm-hmm. that if you were near them, even if you were on their side, they'd kill you just as soon as they would kill somebody else. Right, right. And as the guy said, they do think that um, this bear cult that went berserk, the berserkers, mm-hmm. um, were on mushrooms. During battle. That may be the case. Can you Believe imagine that? So you would take this regular, already super badass warrior Viking, then jack him up on magic mushrooms. And give him an axe. Give him an axe and tell him to like take his clothes off and wear like a bear skin. And uh, it was that was it. It was all over. I've read a little bit more about them. And what's weird is these same guys, uh, they also think it's possible that this cult was largely made up of the mentally ill. 
Oh, really? <laughs> right, or else maybe a little slow. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, these same guys would also go berserk during like physical labor sometimes, too. Oh, really? You just didn't want to hang out with the berserkers, basically. You yeah. wanted to be in battle with them, but like 50 meters to the left. Sure. Or the right. Nowhere near them. Yeah, I would go in way behind there. I would drag up the rear behind the berserkers. Right, right. I'm right behind you. I also saw another theory that um, they weren't, in fact, on magic mushrooms, but they uh, drank heavily and got wasted, basically, on mead before battle, too. Huh. Wouldn't that slow you down, though? Um, I would think so, but it would also kind of make you somewhat impervious to pain and not care as much. And, you know, I've gone berserka on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I subscribe to the mushroom theory for two reasons. One, it's awesome. Two, uh, ritual use of mushrooms in certain uh, Scandinavian cults is known for a fact. So it's entirely possible these guys All right. were shrooming. So David D. from Waterloo, that's what initially piqued my interest, and that's why we did this podcast. So Yeah. Josh says yes. Okay. Uh, Chuck, these guys weren't all berserk, right? No. They, the uh, Vikings and the uh, Scandinavian cultures they came from actually were pretty good at democracy. Yeah. Supposedly, the, the, the common farmer would have just as much say in matters uh, Viking as, as the higher-ups. Right. They had um, assemblies. I don't know if they were annual or more frequent, but they had uh, scheduled assemblies where everybody got together, talked about matters of the day, divided land, um, and they called them things because I, I think they just couldn't think of the word at the time. <laughs> yeah. Right? Maybe they were a, sl- a little slow. And there was a guy, I love this part, there was a guy who was in charge of running the meetings. He was an impartial judge, and they called him the lawmaker. Right. So he was the lawmaker of the thing. Pretty generic stuff. Sure. Primitive democracy, you could call it. Yes. Um, and they actually extended this downward to lands that they conquered. Um, these guys made it a lot further south than I realized. Did you know all this? No, I didn't. As far as going through Europe? Yeah. Um, they, the Vikings um, conquered a town called Ulster. Uh, a Danish Viking did in 839 and mm-hmm. crowned himself king and um, founded what is now the town of Dublin. Did you know that? I did not know that until I read this. Uh, they said they actually laid siege to Paris at some point. They controlled uh, part of England, half of England, from the late 19th century to the 11th century, Danish Vikings. And they struck a deal with France. With Frederick the Simple. Yeah, Charles, you know, Charles the Simple. Charles the Simple. You don't want your king to be called the Simple. No, especially when the Viking uh, leader was named Rollo. <laughs> so th- they were causing a lot of problems with the Franks. And so Charles the Simple, poor thing. Sat down with Rollo and struck a deal and said, hey, um, why don't you guys leave us alone and convert to Christianity and I'll give you Normandy. And they said, okay. And they said, yeah, sure. And uh, Frederick the Simple went, that was easy. Charles the Simple. Yeah, he's a simple guy. Yeah. Um, and like we said, the Vikings were, they readily converted to Christianity. These lands that they conquered and held um, – for centuries, and, and they, especially in Ireland and England, the uh, cult, the Celts and the Anglo-Saxons right. would defeat the Vikings, and then more Vikings would come in and defeat whoever. So it changed hands pretty much constantly. Right. But through this interaction, even though it was fighting, Vikings eventually became absorbed into these local areas. They um, brought their customs, but took on new customs and. The the whole melange of or the whole area of Ireland, England, France, um, 
is a melange actually mm-hmm. of Nordic culture and Southern European culture. Yeah. Pretty I weird. didn't know that. I had no idea. I learned a lot with this one. And they actually had trading routes all the way down to North Africa. Really? They did. And Chuck, we've talked about this before. You know that they settled North America. Well, of course, Leif Erikson, Eric mm-hmm. the Red. Right. Eric the Red, he was exiled for murder. This yeah. is another thing that they probably did at the things. They tried people. Uh, Eric the Red was accused of murder. He was convicted, so they exiled him. He took a bunch of guys with him and went from Iceland over to Greenland. Right. His son was born there, Leif Erikson, mm-hmm. son of Eric, right? Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm going to travel even further west. And he ended up in Newfoundland. Now, this was just part of the oral tradition until the 1960s when an archaeologist discovered a, the traces of this um, of Leif Erikson's Viking settlement yeah. in Newfoundland. He found a horned helmet. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, it's a Viking. Right, of course. Right. So, yeah, they were all over the place. Yes, and uh, if they sound like all they did was rape and pillage and plunder, they did a lot of that, but not so much any more than anyone else at the time. That was just kind of the action of the time. But they were just so much better at it than anyone else. They got this rep. But they also, Josh, had entertainment. Did you know that? I did not. Chuck, lay it on me. They did. They socialized, and when they socialized, they it was generally competitions because they were clearly big on competing. Right. Or there was cutting someone's head off. Themselves. Yeah. So they would compete in friendly games like running and wrestling and horseback riding. Uh, they had acrobats and entertainers, uh, poem tellers and tall tale tellers, and they actually ice skated. What? They did. They made ice skates out of animal bones and played a game on the ice skates similar to hurling, which I looked up hurling. Hurling or curling? Hurling. Hurling is sort of like, the best I can say is, uh, it looks sort of like a cross between rugby and field hockey. On ice. I think it was on ice, because you had a stick and you're hitting a ball toward a net, so maybe it was the first ice hockey. Or high lie. No, nothing to do with high lie. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so they they were they were into all sorts of games. They actually had a, a, a game called Kingy Bat, which was like ping pong, except they used shields. <laughs> what? So they would use a shield to hit like a ball back and forth over. I don't know if it was a net or just back and forth on some surface, but they p- potentially invented ice hockey and ping pong. Wow, how about that? That is something. Speaking of Viking culture, Chuck, um, Vikings made it into our culture, popular culture. Big time. Quite a bit. Obviously, the uh, you got Thor, the Marvel superhero. Yeah. One of my favorites of all time. Soon to be a movie next year. Yeah. Plus, K- he already Kenneth made Brown. at least one appearance in um, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Yeah, he played the mechanic. Oh, really? Very interesting. Uh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh's making that movie. Um, Anthony Hopkins plays Odin, and some Australian guy plays Thor. Okay. He didn't look very thor though, when I looked at the pictures. No. Well, I'm sure they're going to deck him out and give him long blonde hair. Oh, actually, I meant to mention that. Apparently, some of them used to um, bleach their hair blonde because I guess it was more intimidating. Huh. So that that is not a myth. So where else? Popular culture. Led Zeppelin. Can we, we can't not talk about Led Zeppelin. You go ahead. Well, anyone's ever seen Song Remains the Same, obviously, or listened to uh, some Zeppelin songs knows that they were big on, um, aside from Lord of the Rings, uh, Valhalla. Valkyrie, that kind of thing. Hammer of the Gods. Hammer of the Gods was the name of their biography. Uh, did you ever read that? Uh, no. Crazy. Uh, and the Immigrant Song is the most clear example. After the famous whale at the beginning, um, you'll hear lyrics like, We come from the land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun where the hot springs blow, 
hammer of the gods, will drive our ships to land to fight the horde, singing cry, Valhalla, I am coming. So. I always thought that song was about Appalachians. No, that is Vikings. Huh. Yeah, Robert Plant was big into that. And uh, Spike TV, have you heard of the show Deadliest Warriors? I have, actually. It's pretty cool. They pit, like, warriors against each other. Right. And the Vikings, actually, in their scenario, lost to the samurai. I could see that. Barely, though. Are, are these uh, Shaolin monks, samurais? Are I'm not Shaolin sure. monks in there? But I know they said the samurai uh, won in a squeaker because they were a little bit more disciplined than the the crazy eye Viking gotcha. action. I wonder if they took mushrooms for that show. I don't know. Huh. And I think that's it. Oh, actually, I got one, a couple of more myths, if you want to hear them. I do. Vikings were not dirty. They have the reputation of being dirty, filthy people. Yeah. They actually bathed once a week, which was a lot for back then. Yeah, it definitely is. And they washed their face every day, apparently. Wow. So you were just saying before the podcast, oh, you're the cleanest person that we know. Right. You, you were the Vikings. I'm cleaner than a Viking, for yeah. sure. Well, sure. And uh, they did not drink from the skulls of the conquered. That was a mistranslation, oh. apparently, into Latin. And um, they, they apparently would drink uh, mead from a horn occasionally as, as like a ritual but or ordinarily they would just drink from a mug well, that's it for the vikings chuck for real nice, gone. nice additional research mm-hmm. appreciate that um and uh if you want to learn a little more see some cool pics including uh some actual swords which i thought was pretty cool what about you chuck loved it you could type vikings into the handy search bar at howstuffworks.com which leads us to listener mail not quite yet josh you always do that <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, actually, I'm not teasing. We just want to plug. We did a little interview with a dude named Wayne in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, Worlds of Wayne. Worlds of Wayne podcast, which he interviews uh, artists and uh, musicians and cool people. So I don't know why he called us, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's actually already up. So if you want to hear a uh, pretty fun interview with us, you can go to worldsofwayne.libsyn.com. Or Josh said you can just Google Worlds of Wayne, and that's the first thing that comes up. It is. I've done it. So apparently there's no store called Worlds of Wayne. No. Which is good. And it's uh, episode 113, and you'll see our big logo there, and uh, click on it. It's kind of a cool, fun little interview. Ta-da. Now, listener mail, right? Yes. Okay. So, Josh, I'm going to call this uh, another list of firsts from Patrick. Okay. Is our, our our super fan Patrick uh, compiles these list of firsts in our show, which I think are kind of cool. Oh yeah, because I wouldn't he's take He's our time. stat guy. He is. So uh, the first podcast, of course, was how Grassoline works, and was that you and Paulette? Yeah. And is that accurate? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> that, that was like two hundred episodes ago. I know. Well, uh, we're, well, we're close to that actually. Um, the first podcast with Candace Gibson was uh, now Candace Keener was how altruism works. First podcast with me. Uh, remember, does, I know that one. does gum stay in your stomach? I thought it was orange juice toothpaste. Oh, was it? It was one of those two. Patrick, we might have to take issue with your stats, buddy. Uh, first mention of fight or flight response was how hysterical strength works. That was a great one. First podcast with three people, how contagious yawning works. Uh, first time Josh mentions being born in Ohio, how the eye of the tornado works. No. That's what he says. Wow. First bleeped out swear word. First of many. How swearing works, obviously. Awesome. Uh, first mention of Josh and Chuck's pets. Uh, are dogs a shark's favorite meal? First podcast over 10 minutes. How can a cat scuba dive? Remember scuba cat? Sure. First over 20. Is quitting smoking contagious? 
first over 30, how lobotomies work, yeah, and recently, the first over 40, how witchcraft works. Yep. And then uh, just a couple of more. First listener mail was issued in How Einstein's Brain Works. And the first podcast that Patrick listened to is Is the World Going to End in 2012? Awesome. I love the first. Those are some great stats. This is the first one in the new the new room. Yeah, make a note, Patrick. And then we'll have the first in the awesome studio. I don't like this room at all. Yeah. I like, my neck feels weird. <laughs> I'm on the opposite side. Everything's wrong. I know. I'm, I'm very out of sorts. Well, if you uh, have a story about going berserk, we would love to hear it. You can wrap it up in an email and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Childproofing people's homes is hard, but Duracell is making it just a bit simpler. Not only are they committed to educating parents, caregivers, and medical professionals about the importance of battery safety, they make the only lithium coin batteries with a non-toxic bitter coating to help discourage children from swallowing them. Duracell even features child-secure packaging designed to avoid accidental opening. Learn more at Duracell.com slash power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. 